Amen. Well, I appreciate Pastor Jeff and Pastor Chris sharing God's message over the last couple weekends. What powerful messages. Amen? Man, God just spoke to my heart. Last week, if I had not already gone to Texas, if you had had a sign up out, I'd have signed up to go wherever you wanted to go. Amen? Man, just powerful message. Now, you give me a little bit of sort of some obligatory amens. I need some people with me or I don't have any business up here. Amen? Amen? All right, you in it? You with me? All right, let's go. All right, because we're about to open God's Word. What if I told you that I'd found the secret to life? Some friends of ours, we're talking about Nathan and Danielle this weekend. Some friends of ours named the Vickery's used to be a part of our church family for many years. And they moved to be a part of ministry in Florida. Uh, And so we kind of stay in touch with them as we maybe sometimes we go visit or just through Facebook or different means of social media. But I noticed on Facebook last week that the Vickery's had posted a picture that you'll see up on the screen. They posted this picture on Facebook and the picture is of St. Augustine, Florida. And St. Augustine is known for a couple of things. St. Augustine is generally considered the oldest continuously settled city in the United States. Did you know that? In 1513, the Spanish explorer Ponce de Leon, and by the way, that's got to be in my southern accent because I don't know if that's how you'd say it in French, but that's the way I say it, Leon, all right? Ponce de Leon, that's what he's going to be, all right? I'm sure it's Ponce de Leon or something like that. Amen? Am I close? French people, am I close? All right. But I'm going to go with Ponce de Leon, all right? Ponce de Leon discovered Florida landing at St. Augustine in 1513. About 50 50 years later, in 1565, it was officially founded as a city. That's about 40 years before Jamestown, Virginia. In fact, in 2015, it celebrated its 450th anniversary. Wow, amen? That is an old city in our country. But St. Augustine is also known as the supposed location of the Fountain of Youth. In fact, some say that this is what Ponce de Leon was searching for. And that he found it in St. Augustine, Florida. And supposedly, there was a fountain that if you drank from it, or if you bathed in it, it would allow you to stay young and to live forever. Now what if I told you that I had something like that for you today? What if I told you that I'd been to the fountain, and and I'm sure in olden times it'd look a lot more uh, prestigious to have a flask, right? I need an old leather flask or something. But today we use Yeti, right? So what if I told you, because I wanted to keep the water cold, and all the way from Florida it stayed cold in this Yeti, right? And I don't receive promotional uh, monies from Yeti. but, But what if I told you that in this flask, in this Yeti, was water that you could drink that could cause you to live forever and to find the purpose of your life? Well, I don't quite have that kind of water today. 
But in some ways, this series that we're doing together is kind of like that. Our purpose as your pastors, our desire as a church family, really God's desire is to help you to have a life that lasts forever. Amen? To have eternal life. And not just to say, you know, one day I'm going to heaven, but, but to be able to find and fulfill the purpose that God has for your life. Friends, listen to that statement. It is possible for you to find and fulfill the purpose that you were put on this earth for. And we've called that the journey. We're trying to give you a path that you can take. We're trying to give you some steps, a walk, a direction that you can go if you do want to find and fulfill God's purpose for your life. And all of those things that we've talked about over the last few weeks, all the things that we're going to talk about over the next few weeks are super important for that journey. Now listen to me. But if I were going to put my finger on one of them, if I was going to say there is one in this journey that might be the secret potion of them all, it would likely be the one that we're going to talk about together this weekend. In our study of the journey, I want to talk to you about the fact that one of your next steps is something that many Christians call daily devotions. Now, really, I want to interpret that because that may sound kind of churchy to some people. One of your next steps, if you're going to walk with God, is that you would develop a daily time that you spend with Almighty God. Now, before we dig into that a little bit more, I want to acknowledge, as Pastor Chris just mentioned, that we're making a little bit of a transition. Really, our motto here at New Hope, if you just if you come away with just this, if you're just getting started, it's worship, grow, serve. As we summarize what the Bible seems to say is God's plan for our life. And then there's, there's a whole book, right? We're not trying to be oversimplistic. There's a whole book. There's a whole life to live out. So we're not trying to oversimplify that. But sometimes churches make it too complicated. Amen? Sometimes we're confused. We don't know how to live it out. So we've said, as we've searched God's Word, and the reason I keep pointing to this, because for those of you that don't know, we have these bracelets that many people in our church family wear to remind us every day. I look at that bracelet. It's about worship. I want to give my life in full surrender to God. Amen? It's about growing. I want to learn what God has for my life. And I want to be who He wants me to be. I want to continue to grow into that person. And last week we talked about serving. God wants us to get involved with serving other people. And so what we've done in this series is we've said, hey, as we think about worshiping, as we think about growing, as we think about serving, there are some specific steps that you can take. Because I don't know about you, but if you've been here a while, I got that. Amen? I got that. I got that we're to worship, that we're to grow, that we're to serve. But what does that look like? And that is what we are seeking to answer 
in this series called The Journey. So for the last few weeks, we've talked about what are some of the first steps that you can take in that journey. And, and really kind of backing up from that, there's a starting point. Everybody, no matter who you are, needs to give your life to Jesus Christ. There needs to be a point in our lives when we enter into a personal, real relationship with God Almighty by accepting His gift of salvation. We need to go public and be baptized this weekend. We are celebrating baptisms. Baptism does not save us, but it is the picture that God has given us to portray to other people publicly that we are a child of God. And then you need to find a church family. That's your starting point. Give your life to Christ, publicly declare it, and then find a place where you can worship, you can grow, and you can serve. And then we talked about there are those first steps that you can take. And maybe God's been speaking to you about that. Maybe you've, you've got worship, grow, serve, but you say, you know what? It is time for me to begin taking some steps in my life. And God's been speaking to you about weekend worship. God's been speaking to you about getting in a small group, in a, in a growth group. God's been speaking to you about serving other people. And you need to take that step Amen. if God's speaking to you about that. But for some of us, we say, you know what? I've begun that. Now listen, this is not a check the box. It's not I did that. I covered that. These are all components of a walk with God that is ongoing. So this is not a line that you say, I did that one, I did that one, I did that one. What's next? It's more like circles. Amen? It's more like this is an orbit of things that God wants to be a part of my spiritual journey. But at some point, as you've taken those first steps, you need to take your next steps. And I want you to notice, as we begin to transition to that, you see up on the screen, as we begin to transition to that, this is going to be moving from larger to smaller. This is going to be moving from bigger to more personal. We've talked about I worship with a larger group of people. We've talked about I grow with a larger group of people than myself. We've talked about that I serve with other people in my church family. But now as we talk about your next steps, they're going to get more personal. In a sense, they're going to get more serious and they're going to require more focus and intentionality. But to be honest with you, they have the potential to give you your greatest impact in life. I want to say that again. What we're going to talk about, now listen, some of you might say, I need to take the first steps. I need to go back to starting point. Whatever we've talked about, maybe there's something there for you. And I don't want to overwhelm you, but I'm trying to give you a vision for where God may be leading you in the future. For some of us, though, it is time to take some of these steps. And it might be a little scary. It might seem a little more serious than you've been so far. But I want you to know, 
If you will take these steps, it will allow you to make your greatest impact in life. So let's talk about that. One of your next steps in your spiritual journey is spending time with God every single day. Now, as I say that, some of you already say, well, I should have known. I signed up for the military here. I mean, you guys get out and do me 50. It's going to be hard. It's going to be rough. It's going to be Green Beret. Man, it's a burden. It's an obligation. Don't take it that way. What we're talking about is not, hey, if you miss this, then you're a terrible person. That's the way many Christians approach these kind of things. What we're saying is, are you moving in a direction that it is your intent, it is your desire, it is the direction of your life that you want to spend time with God every single day. Amen? And let's just start with this thought. We need that. We need time with God every day. Write that down. We need time with God every day. And there are many verses that emphasize this in God's Word, but one of the most powerful and clear passages is John 15, verses 4 and 5. Jesus says, Abide in me, and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine, so neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, Jesus said. You are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him, he bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. Many times, as Jesus and the disciples would be traveling together, many times they would walk by the Jewish temple. And many Bible teachers believe that in these moments, right after Jesus is talking, they're going to be leaving They're going to be going from the upper room. This is the Last Supper. They're going to be going from the upper room. They're going to be going to the Mount of Olives. And they would very likely be traveling by the Jewish temple. And on the front of the Jewish temple was a golden vine. That vine was a familiar symbol for the nation of Israel. It really symbolized their relationship with God. And by the way, Jesus transfers that to us as all of his people. That that symbol, that imagery, that God is the vine and that we are the branches. And listen, that we are absolutely, totally, utterly, do you believe that? Dependent on God. Now we're not going to read all these verses in John 15. But you can see a strong theme developing in the verses that we read, verses 4 and 5, that is carried through the whole chapter. Friends, God wants us to abide in Him. God wants us to remain in Him. Like a branch to a vine, that familiar symbol that the Jewish people might have had. Maybe it's not as familiar to us, and that's why I'm sharing that with you. Now, some of you are going to connect that with salvation. Some of you are going to see Jesus' words here as talking about the fact that basically 
God's saying to us, and listen to me very carefully. Some of you are going to hear this as, God is saying to us, you better work really hard to stay close to me, because if you don't stay close to me, you're going to fall out of my family. But we know from the teaching of God's word that that is not correct. What Jesus is talking about here, if you want to put it this way, is not a relationship issue. There is no question. I am a child of God. I gave my life to Jesus Christ. The Bible says in Romans 8, many other passages, there is nothing in all of creation that can ever separate me now from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus. Praise God. Amen. If I never get anything right again, I am safe in the arms of God. Now listen, don't, I'm not saying if I live like the devil, that doesn't matter. That's not what I'm saying. But what I am saying is if I've truly given my life to Jesus Christ, I know that no matter what, on my good days and on my bad days, I am His. Amen? Amen? But Jesus is talking about something else. He's talking not about a relationship issue. He's talking about a fellowship issue. Isn't it true that you can be related to someone but not be close to that person? Isn't that true? And that's exactly what Jesus is talking about. Write this down. God wants us to abide in Him. God wants us to stay in close contact with Him. And He says, if we don't, we can't do anything. We're going to get tired. We're going to get frustrated. We're going to get shriveled up. We're going to get dried up spiritually. And some of you right now are beginning to understand what's going on in your life, aren't you? It's not that I'm not a child of God. It's that I have not been staying close as a branch to the vine. And Jesus says, and listen, this is amazing. He says, if you don't, you can't do anything. But if you stay in close contact with your heavenly father, with the vine, the branch with the vine, you can bear fruit. And he actually doesn't say that. You will bear much fruit. Isn't that incredible? Do you believe that? That is a promise from God. I appreciate so much, Danielle, sharing what she shared. I want to get that message out on the rooftops. God is not looking for perfect, polished, even experienced, talented people. God is looking for people who will desperately cling to Him. And realize, I cannot do this without God. But listen, but I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. Isn't that, a, isn't that a major difference? I can't do anything without staying close to God. But to the degree that I am staying close to Him, I can do anything that God wants me to do. Amen? Someone said, the effectiveness of the believer depends on his or her receiving the constant flow of life from Christ. Like a vine 
that is or like a branch that is receiving its life-giving nutrients from that vine. We need the Lord to stay in close contact with Him. Same person said, fruit bearing is not only possible for you, God working through your life is not only possible for you, but it is certain for you if you remain in union with the vine. That ought to be a I love my Toyota, jump off the stage, high leg kick kind of moment. Amen? (laughs) So clearly God is calling us here and throughout His Word to stay close to Him. And by the way, isn't it amazing that He even wants us to? Isn't that amazing? Isn't it amazing that God wants us that close to Him? And part of the reason is because He knows we need it. And one of the main ways we do that is by spending time with Him every day. We need time with God every day. But it's actually more serious than that. Write this down. This may be our greatest need in life. I think most of you probably say, okay, I'm with you, Pastor Robbie. I need to spend time with God every day. But I'm going to take it a step further because God's Word takes it a step further. This might be our greatest need in life. Now, certainly, our greatest need is salvation, isn't it? Our greatest need is to be reconciled with God. If you do not know for sure that your sins have been forgiven, that Christ lives in your heart, that you're going to heaven one day, if you do not know, that is your greatest need. But maybe the reason God is so passionate about that is because that opens the door for this. Maybe the reason for Him reconciling us to Himself is because He knows how much we need Him. That is the greatest need, really, of our life. Listen to what Jesus said in Matthew 4, verse 4. He says, but He answered, He answered the enemy who was tempting Him. Jesus answered the enemy with Scripture. It's a great lesson for us, right? Use God's truth when the liar, John 8 says, the father of lies, the accuser who pokes his finger in your face and says how sorry you are, you let God's truth attack the enemy. Amen? Jesus answered and said, it is written in the Word of God, man shall not live on bread alone, but man shall live on every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Wow. Wow. Hey, listen. Man does live on bread. Amen. I live on bread. Amen. He, he said, he didn't say man doesn't live on bread. He said man does not live on bread alone. I eat. I'm, I like to eat. I need to eat. Jesus is not saying that. We do live on bread in a sense. But Jesus said there's a sense in which We cannot survive if we are not regularly hearing from God. I'm going to repeat that. I want you to write it down. We cannot survive without hearing from God. Words are so important, aren't they? 
I was reading an article the other day that was talking about this. It was talking about how we long to be spoken to. And certainly we've all experienced that desire that there's somebody in your life that that you desire to say some things to you, right? We all experienced that desire before. But this article was talking about all the texts, all the emails, all the Facebook messages that we send to each other every day. Do you know every day, 205 billion emails every day we're sending to each other. I think I got at least half of those in my inbox right now. Amen. (laughs) 24 billion texts, 60 billion messages on Facebook and other message apps per day. And this article is talking about how hungry we are for communication. How hungry we are for connection, for belonging. And much of that happens through words, doesn't it? Think about it. When I wake up in the morning, I am hungry. Aren't you? When I wake up in the morning, I'm hungry for food. I've told you that before. I don't, I don't eat late at night. So when I wake up in the morning, it's been about 12 hours. I'm ready. Amen. Love you. Talk to you in a minute. Where's my toast? Amen. I got to get something going here, right? I wake up starving. But can I share something with you? I wake up starving in another way. And you do too. Have you ever noticed? When I wake up, I need something. I'm hungry for something. You know what I do many times? Many times I pull out my phone and I just check email. I mean, I'm going on the way to the toast. I can't stand it. I got to hear from somebody. I got to know who emailed me. I got to check my text. I got to check my Facebook messages. There's just a desire in our hearts to hear, to communicate, to be connected. If I'm not really careful, I will satisfy that by your words. I've noticed that. Have you noticed this? I wake up hungry for communication. And if I read your email, I've satisfied that hunger a little bit. At the very least, I've wasted the time that I had. Because, you know, you wake up in a hurry, right? I mean, even if you wake up early, it seems like there's never enough time. So if I spend that time pursuing other communication besides the Lord, I will either satisfy that hunger, even though it's not a real satisfaction, temporarily, I will satisfy it. Or, just very practically, I've ran out of time, right? I had a few minutes to talk to somebody. I talked to you or somebody else instead of talking to the Lord. Many of you are beginning to realize that too. I've heard, I've seen several of you on social media use a phrase called word before world. Write that down. I need the word of God before I ever encounter the world. Years ago, I was reading one of the autobiographies of, we were talking about word of life earlier. I was reading one of the biographies or autobiographies of one of the founders of word of life. I can't remember which one it was, but but they mentioned this phrase or this, uh, this um, memory device, BBE, Bible 
before everything. Do you know I wake up every morning and I ask God to remind me, Bible before everything. Whatever works for you, world before, word before, say I already messed it up, word before world, or Bible before everything, would you write that down? Would you put that by your bed tonight? Would you, I've actually put a note on my phone, a reminder. I put a reminder on my phone to remind me to spend time with God. And God catches me. I read your email instead of reading the word. He says, Robbie, no, 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 don't do that. And it reminds me, amen? Because I need time with God. Do you believe that? Do you believe that it is critical for you to hear from God? Listen to what David said in Psalm 27, verse 4. One thing. Okay, David, the Bible says, was a man after God's own heart. David said, one thing, one thing I have asked from God. Wow. Don't look at that. Look at me. Don't look at the, don't look at the words yet. I don't want you to see what it is. What if you knew a godly man said, there is one thing I've asked from God. When he said, what is it? What did you ask? I respect you, David. You're a man after God's own heart. What did you ask God to do in your life? One thing I've asked from the Lord, that I shall seek, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life. What is he saying? I just want to be in God's presence. Amen? Listen, that doesn't mean you're going to be in the church building all the time. There's a sense in which this is the house of the Lord in the sense that God owns it, but not in the sense that this is the only place God is. Okay? He's saying, I want to be in God's presence that I may do two things. To behold the beauty of the Lord. I just want to be around God. He's amazing. And to meditate in His temple. I I want to think about it. I want to behold God and I want to think about that. I want God to, to use that. That encounter with Him. That, David said, that's my secret weapon. That's my greatest need. David said, I need above any other need. He didn't say I have no other needs. He said, the one thing that I've asked God the most to do in my life is I want to be in God's presence regularly. I want to behold God and I want to think about what that means. That's a daily time with God. Friends, that's why I say this might be our secret weapon. It's not that other things don't matter. But if this one is not right, the rest is not going to go right. Now, there are many of us who say, okay, Pastor Robbie, I want to do that. I want to take that step. How? Amen? How? Let's talk about that. The last thing is, what are some ways that I can develop a daily time with God? Now, I want to say, and I want to say this a couple of times, just to make it clear. There's a sense in which, I want you to understand this. That your time with God is part of your relationship with Him. Okay, so we're not trying to be mechanical, right? We're not trying to be, you know, regimented. Just makes don't make it too complicated. Just spend time with God every day. Amen? Are you writing? Because I didn't get amen. Amen? Alright. So let's not make it too complicated. Let's just spend time with God. Psalm 46, verse 10. What does that say? 
Cease from your striving. I like that translation. It can also be translated, be still. I like that one too. Relax. Take it easy. And know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. Sometimes I just need to be still and spend time with God. Exodus 14, verse 14. Somebody posted this a couple months ago. Somebody in our church family. And the Lord just spoke to my heart. And this is right on the front screen of my phone. The home screen of my phone. I see this every day right now. Exodus 14, 14. The Lord will fight for you while you keep silent. Sometimes we just need to be with God. Amen? So don't make it too regimented. I just need to be still in the presence of the Lord. So take some time every day to be still and know or understand better that God is God. But in another sense, this is different than other relationships and it needs more focus. First of all, because it's your most important relationship. Isn't it true with your spouse and your kids? You naturally want to be with them. So in a sense, some of you would say, I don't have to plan for it. I love to spend time with God. That's great because you love him. Just like the most important people in your life, you're going to do that. But just like the most important people in your life, sometimes you don't spend as much time as you would like to unless you intentionally plan for it. Amen. And also, you've got to realize something else. The enemy doesn't want you to. Your flesh doesn't want to. The world around is fighting that. The Bible says we have three big challenges. The world around us, I'm not talking about people who don't know the Lord. I'm just talking about a messed up world system. The world, the flesh, that's our sin nature. I'm lazy. I want to hit snooze, right? Well, nobody does that. Well, we do have snooze on our phone. But I want to hit snooze. I want to take another five minutes. My body says, I don't want to get up yet. Okay, so my flesh fights it. My sin nature. And then there's an enemy, the devil. So as a result of that, we need to be more thoughtful. Write these things down. First of all, you need to make a decision. Now we said that this is important and that it faces some extra challenges if you're going to do it regularly. So I'm going to ask you a question, okay? Have you made a conscious decision with God's help that you want to spend more time with God every day? Have you done that? And that you're not going to let the challenges of life keep you from Him. Have you made that decision? We talked about Ezra a couple of weeks ago and the powerful impact that Ezra made with his life. But did you know, the Bible says Ezra made a decision. I have this verse on my desk in my office. The Bible says in Ezra 7.10, for Ezra had set his heart to study or to seek the law of the Lord, that's God's word, and to practice it and to teach his statutes and ordinances in all of Israel. Ezra made a decision. Ezra made a big impact. Ezra was on this journey. Ezra was fulfilling the purpose that God had for his life because God said Ezra 
made a decision. I'm going to seek God in his word. I'm going to ask God to help me live that out. And as I'm learning, I'm going to share that with other people. Friend in life, we decide what we want. Don't we? If you're on a diet, don't you decide what you want? I mean, really. Sometimes you're trying to watch what you eat and you see those chocolate chip cookies or those Oreos or that Stewart's ice cream. There's a decision. Right? I really want some of that. But I really don't want some of this. Which one do you want more, right? There's a decision, right? It comes with substance abuse. I got to make a decision. What do I want more in life? It comes with relationships. I got to make a decision. What do I want? Really, more importantly, what does God want, right? But, but we're making a decision. How am I going to live my life? Have you made a conscious decision that with God's help, not perfectly, but with God's help, I'm moving in the direction of choosing God and time with Him more and more. Secondly, an important factor is accountability. Now, I'm not going to dig into that as much today because we're going to focus more on it next week. But I'm going to make you a promise. Are you listening? You might start spending time with God, but I doubt highly that you will continue to regularly if you don't have somebody else asking you about it. You hear me? So who do you have that you have asked to help keep you accountable for that? Write their name down on your worship guide. And if you're going to ask them, if it's somebody you will ask, write their name down right now. I'm going to ask blank whether I'm spending time to help me, to, to ask me regularly, are you spending time with God? Third thing's preparation. Again, we're not trying to make it mechanical, but it, when it comes to spending time with God, you have to make some reasonable preparation or you will probably find reason not to do it. You need a time. You need a place. Does it have to be the same every day? But I would recommend that. I would recommend that you have prepared in your mind a time and a place that you're going to spend time with God tomorrow. Number four, you need your Bible. Now that can be a physical book, your Bible, or it can be a Bible app on your device. I often use my Bible app on my device, on my iPhone. But can I just say something? I have all that email, text, message, lots of it, Weather Channel, ESPN, all kinds of music. I got lots of other stuff. And I'm like, hand me on over the hedge, I'm easily distracted. Amen? Amen? So, just some caution. If you use your iPhone or if you use your device, it can be distracting. Another consideration I think is wise There's something about writing in your Bible, I think, marking things that I think is helpful. So I'd encourage you to think about that. Number five, you need a devotional book or a Bible app. There are many great tools out there. You can see some up on the screen. Many of us in our church family use the Word of Life Quiet Time Journal. Some of those are going to be available in the foyer after the service. Listen, seal it. I'm starting today. So I'm walking out of this room after the service is over. 
After I've dealt with whatever God's saying to me, and I'm putting feet to that, I'm getting a devotional book, and I'm starting, by God's grace, tomorrow morning. Amen? Amen. Some people use my utmost for his highest. That's a classic by a man named Oswald Chambers. Some people use our daily bread. Lots of people use that. When we were in Texas, people were talking about, hey, I just read in the daily bread today. So people all over the country, all over the world, use that. Many people use Bible apps, version, or there's an app called Read Scripture. And many of our pastoral team are using some of these apps, so they're very helpful. On our website, our side-by-side ministries developed a read-through-the-Bible-in-a-year plan. So you can find that at sharingnewhope.org slash Bible in year. Sharingnewhope.org slash Bible in year. You need a place to start in God's Word. Don't just, listen, how many of us have done this? I don't know. They have given the dead bodies of your servants for food to the birds. I actually just did that. I did not do that on purpose. They have given the dead bodies of your servants for food to the birds of the heavens. Okay, God. Not sure what that means, right? Somebody said they did that one time and it says, and Judas hanged himself. Go down and do likewise, you know? It's a, oh my goodness. Use a devotional. A devotional has scripture. Maybe has some commentary. Commentary is not God's voice in terms of His Word, but it's like sitting down with a trusted friend and say, hey, what do you see in this? What do you think about this? Uh, start, you know, your growth group. Take your notes from your growth group and just study those. Or maybe the, the weekend notes from the message. Take your sermon notes. There's a lot of things that we don't talk about in the message that you could track a little bit further. If you just don't know where to go, start in the book of John. I heard somebody say a couple weeks ago, you know, if you're starting math in high school, you don't start senior year math. You start with ninth grade math. John is more ninth grade. And then you can work yourself up to 12th grade Leviticus, all right? Don't start in Leviticus. You need a quiet place. In days gone by, people called this solitude. We don't use that as much, but I think we should think of that idea. We should, what did did Psalm 46 say? Be still. Be still. And yes, you can talk to God, but listen to the Lord. And sometimes you need longer times to be still. We call those retreats. Some of our ladies are on a retreat this weekend. That's good, right? I need longer time. I need more opportunity to hear from the Lord. The point is to get away from the noise and the distractions and listen, give God space to speak to your heart. I love that thought. I want to give God plenty of opportunity to speak to me. Amen? By the way, if you're a young mom, I know you're saying, yeah, right, Pastor Robbie. All I can say is God bless you if you're a young mom. Joanna Wesley, I read one time she had 19 kids. Nine died in infancy, so she had 10 kids. Couldn't get any peace. The only place she could get any peace, she just started pulling her skirt over her head. And she just had her quiet time with God while all the noise was going around. So moms, I just, let's pray for our moms. Amen. Finally, last thing, write this down. 
You need to trust God and be patient. Don't start tomorrow and say, I don't understand this. And forget about it. That's exactly what the enemy wants to do. He wants to snuff it out from the beginning. Trust God. Ask God to speak to you. You know what the Bible says? God has promised. If you seek Him, you will find Him. And if you need help, ask somebody, right? Ask a pastor. Ask a growth group leader. Ask a ministry leader. Ask a a friend. There's plenty of people that would be willing to help you. Ask the Lord to help you. He's promised to do that. If I told you I had it right here, I could not spend all the money I would make. Amen? Amen? You can have eternal life and you can find and fulfill the reason that you're on this planet. I could not produce it fast enough. There is a God in heaven who loved you so much that He sent His only Son so that you could have access to Him. Thank God He forgave me my sins. I'm not going to hell. There's no more condemnation. But it was more than that. God wanted me to be with Him. Your friend, do you hear a lot many times I hear, do you see this? Do you see God doing this to you? He's just waving you, isn't He? Come on over and be with me. And by the way, you're going to find that the more time you spend with God, the more time you want to spend with God. I want to ask you to bow your heads as we let the Lord speak to us right now. Do you see that in your, in your mind's eye? Do you see God just waving you? Hey, Robbie, buddy, I love you. And you're, you're so frantic and you're running around and you're so nervous and scared and, and just all out of sorts. Robbie, just be still and know that I am God. Just come on over here and spend some time with me. I love you. I want to speak to you. Will you give me that opportunity? Is God calling you, friend? Precious child of God, there may be somebody here, there was a point in your life where you were walking more closely with God, but you haven't been lately. Isn't He so good to remind us? Isn't He so good to call back? Hey, Robbie, come back again. I love you, buddy. Come back. Is that what God's doing for somebody right now? Will you listen to that call? Hey, if you're like me, if I don't listen today, it may be 10 years before I'm listening again. Anybody understand that? Would you, would you just say, God, God, I don't trust myself because I've, I've said before I was going to take that step, but I haven't. So God, I'm, I'm depending on you. God, will you remind me Will you wake me up tomorrow morning? And even when I wake up, will I not think, why do I have to wake up so early? Will I remember, oh yeah, Bible before everything. Word before I ever encounter the world. God, will you remind me, please? God, will you give me somebody in my life who can be accountable with me and help me to grow in this area? 
God, I know the enemy does not want us to grow in this area because this will not only change a life, I believe if there was a church full of people that just decided to seek you daily, that a region would be transformed. But Lord, I can't swallow a region right now. Just start with me today. Would you say that, friend? Just start with me, God, today. Maybe there's some sin in your life that's blocking your desire to be in God's presence. Why don't you deal with that? Why don't you let God cleanse that right now? God, I'm your child. I know you. I love you. But but I've been choosing something else over you. I repent of that. I don't like it anymore. I ask you to forgive and cleanse me. Take it out of my life, God. Maybe you're here and you want a relationship with God. But you don't have that. You know you don't have that. And the likelihood is you don't feel worthy of that. In a sense, it's true. None of us are worthy. But God said you are worth giving His Son on the cross. If you will be willing to accept His gift, that He will come into your life. Would you say that right now? Dear God, I accept your offer. I thank you, Jesus, for dying for me and for rising from the dead. And I ask you to come into my life and to be my Savior. Father, I pray this weekend that many, many people would take a step and that many would take their next step of spending time with you. This is our earnest prayer. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.